With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Nina Kauser Show. Oh my God, what a drab, horrendous performance result. I'll never get that time back. Um, Lisa Marie on Discord there saying, that's two hours of my life I'm not going to get back. I completely, completely share those thoughts. But you know what? We're going to talk about this game uh, of or what very little we watched um, in terms of the quality and the output. And um, it's a bit of a group therapy session. So you know what? I'm going to go to my my first guest, um, Steve. Steve, do you want to introduce yourself to the show? Yeah, I feel like I've come to Football Fans Anonymous. And so my name's Steve. <laughs> I am, I'm a Liverpool fan. Oh, my God. <laughs> That it was... feels that way. This is how I see it as like group therapy. And you know what's crazy though? After I have these chats, I feel so much better about it. But Steve, thank you for joining us and joining Steve on this podcast. I have on Carl. Carl, welcome to the show. Do you want to introduce yourself to the show? Thanks, Nina. Um, I'll, I'll join Steve and say, hi, I'm Carl and I'm a Liverpool fan. Um, I'm incredibly hungover and tired today. So I think if I wasn't on the podcast, that first half would have put me to sleep. You know, that's how, how bad that match was. <laughs> it was awful, wasn't it? It was awful. And you know what? Um, we do have a caller. But before I get to the caller, I just want to get your quick thoughts on like, how you feel after that game? Sorry, I'm just sipping on water because I need to stay hydrated. You lot have gone for your brews and heavy drinks. I'm drinking the H2O because it's going to stop me from getting wrinkly because watching the Reds is not really, really helpful to me aging, getting grey hair and everything. Stressful times. So how do you feel after that? Because you know what? I watched that and it was just like the most soulless, gutless performance result. I was watching it thinking, I cannot see your score. Steve, I mean, how, how do you feel after that? It was just so like... Oh my God, I needed a response after Madrid. I needed a response and I got nothing. I guess the silver lining might be that we kept a clean sheet, but they were never going to fucking score. I don't think they had a shot on target. Yeah, I, I, think, I think James Milner needs to get the Ribena out and share it with everybody because that was just soul-destroyingly dull. Like, mm. it wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It was just there and I was watching it and I kind of wished I wasn't 
Yeah. I'll be honest with you, if I wasn't doing this pod, I think I would have turned off at half time. I can't lie. It was just so, so bad. Um, I'm going to come to you, Carl. I mean, how do you feel after that? I know, I know you, you, you're kind of like, you would have switched off at half time. You've shared that. Um, how do you feel after it? I know we've had a chat before the pod. I know, I, I'd never switch off at halftime, but I, I, I may well have found myself snoozing at halftime, uh, given how tired I am and how boring it was. I mean, it, it was just, I mean, you, you put it well when you said it was soulless. Like, there was just, there's, there's nothing in it. Like, it, it didn't feel like we were trying to win the game. Um, you know, it didn't feel like Palace were capable of winning the game. And therefore, mm. it, it just, it was just a complete, stalemate like it was just and it wasn't a, it not a stalemate in a good way of two good teams cancelling each other out it was just two bad teams just existing on the pitch for 90 <laughs> yeah. minutes yeah. Like it was it's just really really dull I love that two average teams existing on the pitch that is great and you know what I think we have a, a caller on the show so I'm going to bring him in Sandeep are you there hello guys yeah I'm here I need oh, Hi, hi. Thank you so much for joining us and welcome to the show. Um, you know the drill. You've called in many a time, so um, the floor is yours, Sandeep. Okay, yeah, I've just got two uh, major questions. One mm-hmm. thing is that should we bin Trent? Because I've had enough of him being, doing his Delhi Ali impression now. Um, and number two is, um, do we think we need a change of management now? Because I'm seeing Klopp doing the same thing over and over again. Same players, same midfield, same issues. We can all see it. I don't feel like Klopp can see it. So um, they're my two questions, really. Um, very disheartened after Madrid. Um, and I, I can't see us changing anything to make it any better. So I think it's going to get even worse. But that's my two pence. So, yeah, that's for the panel. Thanks, okay. No, wonderful stuff. Um, uh, yeah, we'll get to them. And, you know, they are very, very real questions. And... What I'll do is I will come to Carl first and we'll and then I'll come to Steve and we'll we'll answer the Trent question. We'll do the Trent question first. Um Carl, talk to me about Trent. Um you know what? You know, um since the um since we came back from the World Cup, I actually thought in an attacking sense he's been pretty decent. Like I'm gonna be honest with you, I think he's he's been a bit more better in a creative sense. I even thought in some patches, in some games, some of his one-on-one marking got a little bit better. Real Madrid, okay, could have done a little bit better against Vinny Jr., but I felt like someone should have been covering up for him. In this game, he wasn't the best, I I would agree. I don't think he, you know, I think a fair few players were awful. What are your thoughts on Trent Alexander-Arnold? Do you think it's it's a case of him not, giving a shit like some people on social media seem to think so as well or do you think it is just the simple fact that stylistically and structurally we're not doing him any favors because if he's not great at defending then surely there should be somebody there that should help him defend I don't know what I mean where where do you stand on this because I do get why people get agitated with him and like you know Klopp hooked him in this game The thing is, who have we got? Ramsey's nowhere to be seen. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats 
to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to AnfieldIndex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Yeah, I mean, I'd agree with you that we certainly saw a good uptick in him since the, the mm. World Cup. I mean, against not just his attacking, I think against Leicester, he was he was brilliant defensively. He was mm. man of the match for me that day. Um, but, I mean, today we definitely see him kind of revert to, to pre-World Cup Trent. Um, you know, I, I, think, I think there's certainly a, a frustration there with Trent. You know, I don't think the way we're we're setting up is really giving them much protection at all. Mm. Um, I think as well, um, you know, he seems to have let the, the criticism get to him. You know, we, we saw him address it in you know an interview earlier in the season and it's never good when you see a player addressing it. They should be ignoring it and just doing their talking on the pitch. Mm. And, you know, he just, he's playing like someone who's pissed off and, and not pissed off in the good way. You know, it's, it's, it, it, it it's worrying because like he's such a talent and, and we know what he's capable of. And as we said, we've seen it in recent weeks, you know, kind of starting to creep back in, but you know, he, he just like, it stood out to me in the first half. I think both him and Matip at, at different times gave the ball away cheaply, you know, Matip yeah. apologized. Trent, Trent didn't. It's it like he just didn't care. And, you know, I was calling for him to be hooked at halftime and for Milner to be moved back to, to right back. And then Klopp waits till much later in the game when Milner is dead on his feet to do it, which is a strange one. But luckily, Palace didn't make us pay, pay for it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, I, I don't know what to, to do with Trent. We've either got to change, revert the system to, to protect him better, or maybe we have to consider moving him into to midfield. And, you know, we've been calling for the, the return of the 4-4-2, which paid some dividends before Christmas. And I, I think that, that gave him a little bit more protection when we had Harvey Elliott on, on the right wing. You know, we saw it against City and, and the like, where he, he kind of put in a good shift. Yeah. And and maybe once Jota gets sharp, we we, we will see that, you know, particularly when um, Thiago's back as well. And we can have that option of kind of uh, Bacetid, um Thiago and Fabinho maybe to... to revolve in a, a midfield too um, but but for now it seems Klopp sticking to his guns with the 4-3-3 the three, three, and it's just it's not doing Trent any favours but you know at the same time you'd expect a better attitude from Trent you know you'd, you'd expect him to, to to put more in and, and have you know have a better attitude you can be you know you're lacking that protection that's fair enough it is going to frustrate you but you just can't let that creep into your game and I feel he did today so, like, those kind of moments where he's not apologising, I think, do you think that's what's irking the fans, the fact that it looks like he doesn't give a shit? Or there's, like, a sense of arrogance about what he's, how he's kind of portraying himself? Yeah, I, I can certainly see where, where people are, are coming from with the arrogance. As I said, I, I'd, I'd more so feel he's just a frustrated figure to me, but I, I, I can certainly see that angle as well. Um, but, you know, we just we want to see a better attitude from him, and, and that's a fair thing, you know, we know players can have, you know, poor runs. We, we get that, but you want to see them trying. You want to, you want to see a positive attitude, and, and we're not seeing that from Trent at the moment. And I think that's why fans aren't happy. 
fair and interesting and uh, you know a good little mix of a of a balanced approach there steve uh same question to you i mean obviously i want to get your thoughts on trent alexander arnold just in general this season after the world cup and this game i mean do you think also his poor performance could be due to the fact that you know um the 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 lurgy of what happened in madrid might be hanging over some of these players yeah, he's playing like someone who looks like he doesn't want to be there. And whether it's because of the disappointment of last season, the disappointment of going to World Cup to be a ball boy. Um, I don't know. If someone turned around and said, oh, by the way, Trent's just had a child and he's probably been up till 4am for the last three months every single night, you wouldn't be surprised. But he doesn't have his kid as far as I'm aware. Uh, if someone said, oh, he's off to Madrid in the summer, you wouldn't be surprised. He just looks like he doesn't care anymore. Which is a shame. I don't know. As, as as I said, is it fatigue from last year? Is it the changes behind the scene that we don't know what's going on? Has he had enough? I don't know. He just looks utterly fed up and doesn't really want to care. And he loved to throw the. Ho- I mean, he did play some good. You know, did try and play some good passes, and nothing came of them because we were crap today. Um, and he was good last weekend, but yeah. He, looks, he just looks like he looks how we probably all feel right now, fed up. Maybe he's fed up of playing with a bunch of teammates who are shit, and he's like, "Why am I bothering this lot of crap?" Not a good attitude, though, is it? Because he's one of our like kind no. of superstar players, and like if them guys are not bringing the the professionalism in these moments it's all right being a great player when everything's great but i truly believe that you really really do show your quality when the chips are down and i think that's why players like steven gerrard are truly truly unique in that sense because i think for a majority of steven gerrard's career he played with shit players or players that weren't on his par but yet he always stood out and i think that is the difference between being an iconic legendary player with that kind of status or somebody that can only kind of deliver when everyone else around them are have all got their tails up i'm not having a slight on trent i think he's wonderful by the way i I, this season for me i can't it's really hard for me to analyze the players this season because it's hard to put one under the microscope when they've all been collectively shit do you understand what i'm trying to say yeah it's like it's like someone's shit in his pillowcase. Like he's someone's upset him, and I don't know why. It's really bad, but yeah, I get why people have been pissed off with him because you know he is one of our more creative out, you know, outlets. And like, obviously, if he's not doing that, then the attack suffers because obviously that midfield, which we know is not really creating much, given how what what kind of caliber and skill set those players have. Carl, I'm going to stick with you and I'm going to come to Sandeep's next question, Jurgen Klopp. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it last time I was on the pod after the the Wolves game, uh, myself and Andy. And, you know, I I think we came to the conclusion that it's it's not the right time to to change the manager, but you can certainly see why people are going frustrated with him. Uh, I mean, it, it does 
seem like he's, you know, I, I, I mean, you look at the midfield, as we said, it wasn't great today. And, you know, I, th- I think once we saw that midfield, you know, any of us, and I did have confidence prior to the team being released that we could just about get it over the line today. But once I saw that team, you know, I, I, I certainly started to doubt that. And, you know, I, I felt for Klopp somewhat because I think after the Madrid game, you know, we'd all have probably gone away and said, well, look, Henderson and Fabinho both look like they've played um, one game too many in a row. And, uh, you know, Stefan certainly looks like he needs a rest. But then he didn't really have the op with Thiago injured and uh, Jones, you know, apparently turned invisible. Uh, you know, Klopp didn't, wouldn't have felt he had the options to, to completely change the midfield. So he had to make a decision on who to change. I think he probably got it wrong. I'd have probably left Fabinho in there and, and, taking Henderson out but uh, nonetheless he had to make some changes there so it was a tough position to be in I don't think he's capable of picking a good midfield at the moment he just doesn't have the options and I think he's accepted that but I think there are things he could do we we I already touched on the four four two. It was paying dividends before um the the World Cup. We we saw we have Jota back now, you know, Harvey Elliott. You can go four four two and and you know I think um Justin put in the whatsapp group and put it well that you know or was it maybe perhaps in discord that um you know our midfielders are shit so let's play less of them (laughs) so (laughs) uh, but i I don't know why Klopp's just completely turned his his back on the 442 because when we probably saw our best football of the season in that formation so uh, i can certainly see why people don't feel Klopp is is doing enough but at the same time, I do feel he's limited in his options. I, I mean, I want to see what Klopp, what we can do in the summer. You know, who we bring yeah. in, and then how how Klopp changes it. Can he be ruthless? Can he let some some of these aging players go? Can he bring new blood in? What can he do with that new blood? But I think really we'll we'll be watching him very closely at the start of next season because if he doesn't start to turn this around. Then I can I can certainly understand people getting on his back and and starting to call for his name and then maybe we will have to look and see what's out there but I I think we need to give him that that chance to to overhaul things in the summer and and see how we get on. I would have to agree with you, Carl. I think you know um, he definitely does deserve time. You know um, this is his first kind of ropey season. And also, I want to see how we kind of function when we hopefully have like the director of football back in and like a, a figure like a Michael Edwards kind of type that kind of, you know, spearheads the transfers because I feel like it's all been a bit everywhere. I think it's been a mess from top to bottom. And, you know, the injuries certainly haven't helped him as well. I'm not making excuses for him because, you know what, I'll be honest with his press conferences of late have really, really been pissing me off. Steve, I'm going to come to you. I mean, what do you make about the Jurgen Klopp thing as well and the question that Sandeep posted? Because it's all right to say yes, that's the manager, but realistically, who is there and who do we get? I think there might be... Thomas Tuchel might be a good shout. I agree. But, like, I'm not being funny. Like, I'm with Carl. I think we have to just give him that little bit more time. I think he deserves it, but it's okay to question the manager, not follow him in blind faith. Like I am really pissed off with him this season. Hello. I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. 
the podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. I don't think we need tactics, Tommy. He had all the money in the world at PSG and couldn't win the Champions League, right? Um, I think we Klopp, I think Klopp needs to have that that thing that Fergie did so, so well, right, which is resetting the dressing room every, what, three or four years, getting fresh voices in. And that's both the combinations of players as well as um, coaches, apart from maybe, you know, Gary Neville, Roy Keane. Quite often when characters became quite big and influential, he'd move them on. And he did the same with his assistant you know, with the assistant managers or assistant coaches, whatever you want to call them, and his coaching staff. And he regularly went, you know, changed the voices, changed the people around him, and United kept on winning. Klopp and Bubac, you know, they fell out, what, however many years ago it was now? Bubac moved on. People were like, oh, my God, he is the brain of Klopp. And then we went on and won the Premier League, the Champions League, almost won a quadruple. But maybe, look, something doesn't feel right behind the scenes. The players don't look happy, energised. Last year, they looked so happy. The year we won the title before the pandemic went crazy, the players looked so happy all the time. They were, they they were like great. a team, right? Yeah, there were great videos on social of like... Oh, have you, you noticed, know, have noticed have those have died down now? Because like literally yeah. there's nothing like... <clears throat> there's, no, like yeah. there's no Virgil trying to kip, you know, trip Matip up and taking the piss out of each other. And there's no Robbo and... Milner content, you know, all of that camaraderie seems to have gone away. So something behind the scenes isn't right. None of us know what it is. I think all these people pointing their finger at Peplin, this is silly because we don't know. So why are we pointing fingers at somebody who was here when we won all the trophies we won? But there's something not right. And I think... Can I also make a point as well, Steve, and see if you agree or disagree with me and Carl as well. And it's all right saying sack Jurgen Klopp or replace Jurgen Klopp. I'm going to be honest with you, and I'm just going to say it point blank. FSG will never, ever sack Jurgen Klopp because Jurgen Klopp makes um, FSG look good. No other manager would be able to work under such confined um, resources if you're looking for a top-class elite manager. I'm just saying it like Liverpool fans get fucking real. You know, I'm not being funny. Like, who who can work? And you know what? He covers them. He conceals them so well. It's frustrating, but he'll never, ever call it out. It's very hard to work. In order for him to buy elite players, he's going to have to sell them. That is how we work under FSG. And I think some Liverpool fans, no disrespect, you need a fucking reality check. These are our owners. They ain't going anywhere. And I'll be honest with you, Jurgen Klopp, when all the system was right... FSG looked like com- competent owners because Michael Edwards was getting in the, the great players for a great coach. I, th- I think you've hit the nail on the head, right, with the owners we have. And I, the club, look, the club's stable. We almost went out of business. I think people forget this. Like, look at the best Rangers have been in since what happened to them. Um, 
the club's stable. We've got a new training ground. We've got a stadium getting bigger and better. We have won every trophy that's possible to win apart from the Europa League since they took over the club. So as far as they're aware, as far as they're thinking, um, they're, they're doing a good job. If you look at American sports, right, American sports are very cyclical. Teams come in, they dominate for sometimes just a single season, sometimes it's three or four seasons, and then they tend to, uh, you know, because they have their draft process, you know, teams will tank, they'll clear players out, they'll rebuild the team, and they'll dominate again. And they've done that with the Red Sox a couple of times. And maybe that's just their mentality right now, is, is we almost, we did win stuff, we almost won everything. Let's just, we don't announce it, let's just reset. And Klopp's about the only person who's going to stick around with them and that they know players will still want to go and play for, even if we are having a downturn season or two, because his history shows when the players are good enough and his methods are in place, he can compete at the highest at highest levels. And I don't think changing him right now would help any of that. The Unless we've got a massive new investment or this, you know, we do get a new structure, the director of football, a new set of funding, and it all sits around a coach who wants to play a certain way and we borrow their players, which we won't do. I don't see the benefit of moving Klopp on. As I said, I think he just needs to evolve what's happening around him. Like he did when Buvac and him went stale and fell out. He made some changes and he went, you know, Pep has said at some point he wants to go manage a team. So maybe Pep will get a job. Maybe they'll change a few things. Maybe the players will be happy again next year. I don't know, but I just feel like something behind the scenes needs to be addressed. And Fergie was the master at doing this and continually winning. And I hate comparing anything to do with him, but you have to, right, when someone's that so really good. Um, Ancelotti doesn't keep the best. doesn't keep the same coaching staff in every job he has. Ancelotti wins fucking everything everywhere he goes apart from... Apart from Everton, right? So maybe it's just it's it's Klopp's time this summer to have a bit of a reset of the, some of the key players, some of the key coaching staff, and just fucking sort it out and get on with it. Yeah, Carl, give you the final thought on what we've just kind of discussed, then, then we'll go to our next caller. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with what you both said. I, I don't think there's any chance FSG are, are going to sack Klopp. Um, I mean, I, you can imagine the uproar from the, the local fans if, if they did. I mean, the Klopp scene is uh, one of our own as far as the the, the fans in Liverpool go. So um, it, it, it's never going to happen. The, the only way it kind of changes is if, if, you know, Klopp just gets fed up with kind of the, the media, etc., and, and decides to walk himself. And, and then, obviously, then, that that would be our hand forced, and we'd have to look look elsewhere. Um, but you know, let's hope it doesn't come to that. Um, you know, I, I'd agree with Steve. So something it's gone stale. Um, you know, clearly whatever's gone, it's it's not just the players in the pit that is a problem. We we have an aging squad. We we need to fresh that. You know, that's no secret. But you know, it's it's clear behind the scenes that whatever they're coming up with isn't working. They're they're not addressing it and and someone has to get a get, you know someone has to pay the price for that and you know I, I don't quite buy into the you know all of the the kind of pep you know kind of uh blame blame pep on everything um but i do think obviously he is the the assistant manager 
so it makes sense for him to be the, the 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 head on the chopping block and you know to be moved on you know as steve said he wants to move back into management so it might be a you know kind of a good move for for both parties um get someone new in there get some new blood on on the pitch and, and let's see if Klopp can turn it around Absolutely, absolutely. Um, uh, I'd I'd echo and agree with everything what both of you've just said there. And uh, yeah, I think it's time. Uh, hopefully, this is a reality check for Klopp, and you know things change up. But Sandeep, thank you so much for your questions. They were both absolutely excellent. I'm going to move on to our next caller, who's been waiting patiently. I'm going to bring him in, Chris. How are you, Chrising? Hey, Nina. How are you? Hell. Uh, I'm good, football aside, I'm grand. Um, uh, but thank you so much for joining us on the Nina Carza show. You've called in many a times. You know the drill on the show, so take it away. The floor is yours. Yeah, I wish I could get my 90 minutes back from that game, but I know we all won't be able to. But I wanted to make a few points, and then I had a quick question. Mm-hmm. The first point, I'm going to defend Trent a little bit in the sense that I notice he's been getting a lot of flack. But the system in which we play, it asks the fullbacks to push up and Mm. sometimes his job requires him to get tucked into midfield for the creative aspect but if he's having a timid center back and a right center midfielder that's not going to cover for him he can't sprint back all of the time so i think he's like that's why I think he's looking fed up because it's like, okay, I'm pushing up. I'm trying to get us to score a goal. I'm trying to assist, you know, be the creative playmaker. But when he turns around and someone's breaking down his flank, where's his cover? Because yeah. sometimes I see Henderson overlapping with him. I see there was a ball that Matip should have attacked, but he didn't attack. He kind of let it float and drop and the Palace player got to it towards the end of the game. So I think... I think, like, him being frustrated, like, yeah, I I could completely understand. And what's worrying is that I think early on in the game when we had a corner or a throw-in in next to the Palace corner flag and there was, like, a misplayed pass that he did and Henderson was shouting at him, this is the second time I've seen the camera pan on Trent basically telling him to F off, which is a little worrying. Um... But the thing that I wanted to that you guys were talking about earlier with FSG and, you know, the whole American sports thing, I'm a huge NFL fan. I'm a Steelers fan. We're in transition right now as well. But the thing with American sports, you don't their sports teams don't get penalized from for being bad when you're consistently bad. You get rewarded with the number one pick. Basically, that means you get rewarded with potentially selecting the best player available. In European football, that's not the case. You miss out on Champions League, there is a possibility you could go the route of Arsenal. We've already experienced this in the 90s and when we fell off. Like If you miss out on that top spots, it takes a very long time to get back. And I don't think FSG even, understands that. Even post-Raffer as well, right? I'm going to say those right. were dark days. They were, yeah. This club come in, they were dark days. You can't deny that. Yeah, yeah, John Joe Shelby false nine. Like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's it's one of those things where like people are like, oh yeah, you know, FSG have won everything, but I don't think they understand or they experience the fact that once you fall off, like it's very very difficult to get back on on the top of the hill, as you as we've seen with Arsenal re- recently as well, and. Mm-hmm. 
And I think the frustration with us Liverpool fans is that we've been bantered for so long. Like, I'm 32. Like, this is the first time I've seen my team won a Premier League title. Yes. I want to see them win multiple titles. Manchester United made my teen years miserable. Yep. And I and I think it's it's fair for the people, you know, that are FSG out to say like we would be okay with you if you guys actually invested. And mm-hmm. I think that's that's the number one issue. They're treating it as like kind of like uh, an American sports franchise when it's a completely different ball game like in Europe and England. But um I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. To get back to Klopp, I think it's fair to throw some criticism at the whole Pep Linders thing because I couldn't name you anyone else's assistant manager. I would have to go look it up. And I remember, I think it was a couple of months ago when they were talking about tactics, like, okay, if the players wanted to do a tactic, they had to talk to me first. And then we talked to Klopp. And that's, that's, that's a quote coming from Pep Linders. So if the players aren't happy with what Pep Linders is doing, I, I think it's fair to say that he should probably go. And I think the backroom staff needs a refresh because when you work somewhere for a very long time and you're working with the same people over and over doing the same thing every day, it gets old and it gets stale, which I could get the players get understand, you know, the players frustration. And another thing I wanted to point out is that how does Henderson always survive 90 minutes on the pitch? Is it because he have, has the armband? That's my first question. And my second question, I think in the pre-match press conference or the post-match of when we got stomped by Madrid, Klopp said there would be changes at the weekend. His changes is equivalent to a cartoon villain taking on a fake mustache and putting it on and expecting the heroes not to figure out that it's still the villain. That's what he did with the midfield today. I don't understand how Henderson constantly gets away with awful performances, but yet we're here slating Trent, yet we're here people are slating Salah. You'll see it all over social social media. Is it because he has the armband? And last question, looking at the bench today, don't you think, I personally think, you know, starting Jones along with Keita and Fab could have been a better option? Because at least we know Jones can hold the ball and he's technical. 
he his only lacking attribute to me is his like decision making in the final third. Chris, thank you so much for calling. Thank you for all those points, and we're going to get to your question. Um, I, I really liked it. I'm going to come to Steve first. Steve, what is Jordan Henderson doing? I, that it, how is he keep surviving? I think he's playing under an invisibility cloak, but I can't even say that because some of those performances have been absolutely shocking. I think today that that little thing where Trent takes a free kick and Hendo blocks it, and it could have been a goal, and you know we probably. People probably won't be slagging off Trent Alexander-Arnold, but that that whole sequence just kind of epitomised and summarised Liverpool's performance today. I mean, do you think he's going with players because he knows them? Do you think it's just a familiarity thing? I mean, what is he seeing in these players? I mean, I had, I mean, I don't know where you watched it, Steve. I watched it on Sky, and the commentators uh, on James Miller and Hensing, all oh, these two assured, experienced guys, and I'm sad thinking. You clearly don't watch Liverpool week in, week out. Experience has got nothing to do with this. They just simply ain't good enough. And Henderson, I mean, like, he's not been great for some time. Henderson's been terrible for two or three years. Um, you've you've probably all heard me say it enough times. He did get a little bit hooked, though, didn't he, when Thiago and Keita were playing with Bad Setic and then... But then he would bring him yeah. on around about 60 minutes. I don't know. If, you, I don't, if Henderson plays half an hour, I don't really care. It's fine. He's the captain, bring him on, whatever. But in terms of he, he shouldn't be starting, he's not good enough. He's not. He's no longer fit enough, fast enough, smart enough. You know, he's just not a good enough player anymore. But there must be something to do with their relationship in the training grounds that we don't see where... He trusts him more than anybody, even though the amount of times we have watched Henderson stand there pointing, pointing at Trent and pointing at everybody else as the opposition midfielders run past him and scored a goal. And I, get just saying, Steve, I get what you're saying. Like, yeah, in training, he must see something. But if he's watching them in training week in, week out, I mean, day in, day out, not week in, week out, day in, day out, and then it doesn't translate on the pitch... Come on, Jurgen Klopp, you are a smart man. Like, that is a time to kind of think, well, hang on a minute, it's just not working on the pitch and I need to do something. Where it matters, it's not translating and yeah. it needs to stop now because it's getting ridiculous. I just think he sat there and he said something in, in his press conference post this game and I was just absolutely baffled when he goes, I couldn't bring players in because nobody wanted to leave. I said, you're the manager. Yeah, look, it's either blind faith or the other players are doing so bad in training that he keeps picking him. Um, I did joke on Discord the other day that we need to sign a midfielder, give them a Henderson mask and the number 41 shirt and see if Clock can tell the difference and save us some pain that way. I don't know. It's frustrating because he's just, he just isn't good enough. Like today, he will... He'll hit one really good pass and suddenly thinks he's Perlo again and doesn't do any defending. Um, and what do you make of Chris's, um, uh, you know, change up to the midfield, do something a little different of having maybe a Jones, a Keita and a Fabinho? And Fabinho, I don't think, started because he turns like a cruise ship at the moment. He was very, very bad against Real Madrid. Let's and be honest. Hendo, that's the problem, right? Is Fab Fab has not been good this season either. 
Hendo's the only other person who can really play that role. So today's decision may have just been a default that, in Klopp's opinion, either Hendo had more minutes in his legs than Fab or was less bad of the two against Madrid. Uh, but it was good to see Cater. Cater was, apart from trying to get himself a red card, was pretty good. Um, I don't think Klopp, Klopp rates CJ. I certainly don't particularly rate CJ. If he was good enough, we'd have seen a lot more of him. The fact that we've seen so much of Harvey Wright, who's so much younger. Uh, I, mean, I, I, can't, I can't think much more to say. Like, like I, you said it yourself, though, Chris, it's like CJ's decision-making. The thing we have right now, which is our biggest problem, is our midfielders and our attackers' decision-making is poor. When Harvey Elliott came on today, he was trying so hard to create chances that other people weren't doing. Um, so I just think bringing someone was because they're technically good isn't going to help us when, our, when the decision-making in the midfield is so bad. I don't think he would have been the answer today. Oh, that's fair. And I'm going to come to you, Carl, because you know this whole conundrum, and Chris kind of touched on it, of like, what is Henderson doing? You know, it reminds me of the conundrum of, you know, now Canate is out and Gomez will have two good games and obviously he had a horrible stinker against Real Madrid and then we knew Matip was going to come in and Matip has been utterly dreadful as well. I feel like the same is going on with Henderson and uh, Fabinho at the moment. It's just a case of, well, you've been bad, you've been worse, so I'm going to bring you in. No, 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 you've been worse, so I'm going to do this. It just feels like he's got no place to manoeuvre with the midfielders. He's either overused them, killed them, broken them, or he's got players that he simply does not trust. And that is his balance of midfielders that he's got. Yeah, I mean, I, I touched on it earlier when I said really after the Real Madrid game, you know, you'd have probably been saying we need to, to rest in inverted commas all three. Um, and I think if Thiago had been fit and available, we, we, we may well have seen that. Um, you know, I wanted to see Keita come in. He, he came in and, you know, if I'm honest, I don't think he really, uh, you know, took the opportunity. I, I, I you know, I, I think Cater probably frustrated. Um, I think he was kind of used as somewhat of a scapegoat for the Wolves result. And like, don't get me wrong, he was garbage in that game. But uh, I mean, today he, he came out and to me, he looked like he just didn't care. Like it's, it's like he probably sees that Guinea have, uh, you know, uh, uh, some games coming up and he's like, oh, well, I'm not going to bother because I don't want to get injured. Um, I mean, aside from fouling people and, uh, running into traffic at one point when he got the, the ball in a dangerous area and could have released it, um, you know, I, I didn't see much at all from him and that's disappointing, but I, I can understand his frustration. And I suppose when he knows he's probably moving in the summer. Liverpool aren't really his problem anymore. Um, but Klopp needed to change something. He made the changes, obviously, that he, he thought were, were, were best. Maybe he thought, as, as, as Steve suggested, that, that Henderson had a little bit more in his legs than, than Fabinho for today, but <laughs> it wasn't much. Um, but I, I, I found it strange that Henderson managed to, to last the 90. You know, having started, I, I, I thought he'd probably only last about an hour, a uh, half time, you know, it, you know, we, we obviously had to change Keita because of the yellow card and, but I, I didn't think Henderson was going to last much longer. I, I wanted to see, uh, Fabinho and Stefan come on for Henderson and, and Milner around the hour mark as both of them look completely dead. Talk about those, yeah. And let's talk about those two players because obviously Fabinho came on and for me, it was a showing of who can be the West midfielder today. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> 
This is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac, and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Because he comes on and he gets booked quite instantly as well. But Sefic comes on for on the 84th minute and taking off the strike. I think Gakpo came off. But Setich comes on. It was almost like Jurgen Klopp was holding on for a point, which is so, so weird. I don't know. Yeah. No, it completely felt like that. I mean, I think, I want, as I said, I wanted to see Batches come on, but, you know, we needed more legs in midfield, but he leaves it so late to bring him on, and then he brings him on for Gakpo. And, you know, for, for me, I... I would have brought on Bacetic earlier. I would have brought him on for Henderson. And then, you know, I, I think Gakpo did kind of fade in the, the second half. But, you know, why not throw on Carvalho? I know he's struggled when he's played. You know, we haven't seen him in a while. But he's an attacker. You know, he can score goals. He can create goals. He got the late winner against Newcastle. Why not just throw him on? Like, why settle for the point? A point's not good enough now. You know, we're 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 playing catch-up on Spurs and, and Newcastle. We need three points. I mean, it was such a, you know, his, as often as subs have been this season, it was just, it was, you know, it was, it was just head scratching. Like, um, but it, it's, it's so tough. But as you said, you know, it does feel like Klopp is in a, stuck between a rock and a hard place with some of these choices. You know, he can't, he can't pick a good midfield at the moment because we, we don't have a good midfield. And as you said, you compared it to the right centre back role with, with, with Kanate out, you know, Gomez has struggled for confidence this season. He's he's had a handful of good games here or there, particularly at left centre back. Mm. Um, but he's often struggled at right centre back. Uh, Matip's been useless all season, and I say that as a, a big fan of Joel Matip. Mm. But you know, he just looks finished, and it, it, it's really depressing. I was in midweek. I was looking into how many games Van Dijk and and Kanate have managed together this season. It's three. We won all three games. And we only faced nine shots on target across those three games. And it really makes you wonder if, if the two of them could have stayed fit. You know, I think Allison has bailed us out this season. And it's, it's, you know, because of him that we're still in a prayer of top four. But I, I think maybe if we'd had Van Dyke and, and Kanate fit alongside him, as bad as our midfield has been, I think those three probably could have gotten us into the top four and, and kept us there uh, simply by by uh, getting clean sheets. So it is very frustrating that instead we're having to go, hmm, well, who's 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 going to be less bad today between Matip and Gomez? 
Uh, it's really sad. It's so, so depressing to even think about that. And I was just looking at the bench there as well. And you're right, there isn't much inspiration or hope. I mean, Steve, I'm going to come to you. What did you make of Jurgen Klopp's subs? Um, I felt they were just really, really suspect. Can't lie. Yeah, I was disappointed when Elliot came on to play in midfield again because we know it doesn't work. But at least he tried, like, in the very few notes I've got. He did try a few. Yeah. As soon as he came on, right, he tried that sort of, like, for... Not quite the halfway line, but he tried that sort of Trent-esque, I'm going to whip in a ball right in front of the keeper and Jota almost gets to it. And that would have been, you know, we'd have all, all been calling him man of the match and Jota actually, you know, had, had a tiny bit more pace on it. So I thought he came on and he tried to change the game and tried to be creative and tried to be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Positive. Mm. Whereas everybody else was pretty terrible today uh, and look Naby had to go off at half time because he was going to get himself sent off yep in terms of the rest I forgot I I love Bobby everyone is, everyone here knows how much I love Bobby but I forgot he was playing like yeah, he, he, was just, he offered nothing he absolutely offered nothing he looks so off the boil at the moment he's like the shadow of Bobby's shadow at the moment he wasn't great was he um and all, all that really hurt, I mean, Jota ran out of steam. I wrote down in the 57th minute that he looked knackered. Yeah. I actually, I actually thought Jota was going to get a goal today because he just kept popping up and popping up and trying to do stuff. But he looks, he looks like someone who's been out injured for a long time, right? So um, I was hopeful, but he wasn't. So when he went off, it w- wasn't surprising. But seeing Bobby come on, on then I just, I, it, it, it wasn't a sub that inspired me. I would have rather have seen Gapo stay through the middle. And uh, as Kevin said, bring on Carvalho then and bring on Bobby later, but we didn't. And I thought Basotic was really positive. I genuinely think probably two of our three best players today were Basotic and Elliot, who played hardly any football. So at least the players that came on tried, tried to lift the tempo, tried to do something. Fab was trying a bit too hard and also tried to get himself sent off and was very, very fucking lucky not to get a second yellow on a couple of occasions. So, no, they were the players that went off needed to go off because they were tired or weren't playing well. And the players that came on, two of them tried, and the rest were not very good. Yeah, and, 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 and sat there going, two of them tried really hard, and both of them are teenagers. That's not like that's not. It's same on you, here, isn't right? it? You see, maybe you we should just play the under 21s, you know. <laughs> They won today. <laughs> well, not something. I'm not opposed to the idea as long as you look like you give a shit. I don't care if you, you know, lose as long as it looks like you give a damn. Because yeah. right now the senior players just look like they don't give a damn. I felt like that against Real Madrid. You know what? You can lose a game. It's part. It's part of the sport. You can lose a game. It's in the manner in which you lose. When you look like you don't give a shit, your heads drop, you mentally and physically switch off. You're not doing what you're meant to. There's a disconnect. You look like you can't be asked. That just really gets the fans' backs up, in my opinion. Yeah, and Milderson playing the whole game is just it's just dumb. And I don't care if they're the leaders, I don't care if they're the most experienced players. Like how many times did James Milner fall over towards the end of the pitch until the end of the match? Or get like brushed aside and fall over, or slip and fall over, or pass the ball and fall over. And it's not his fault. He's almost my age, and he's still playing. You know, he's playing ninety minutes. 
the guy has to start for whatever reason. He shouldn't be on after the hour mark. It, and the fact that we didn't have anyone to bring on to replace him and give him a rest is just... Yeah, it's 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 on Colop. It's on the backroom team for whatever is going on in terms of like the team mentality. It's on the strength and conditioning team for the, the amount of injuries we've got and the fat players are coming back and they're looking so rusty and I, it just doesn't... It's not particularly filling me full of sort of positivity or joy at the moment. No. And normally I come on this podcast and talks about loads of shit about how positive everything is, even when we're crap. So the fact I'm feeling downbeat tells you how crap we've been. Yeah, no, it's been utterly dreadful. And I've got Sandeep here who's just typed into Discord. Can we please pray we don't offer Bobby a new contract? And the, the, the and it's a good shout because this is the problem that we've kind of got ourselves into where we're just yeah. re- rewarding players out of loyalty from what they did in bygone seasons. And I want to get past that. This is the reason why Jordan Henderson's still there. You know? Oh, that... I am fairly certain that, that Klopp said earlier in the season, like before or around the World Cup, that Bobby had a contract offer on the table and had had one for months. So I think... Bobby got to sign it. Yeah, that's what we've got to hope for. He's got to, we've got to hope that Bobby's decided to go back to Brazil and party out the rest of his career. Yeah, too right. You know he's going to get kind of sharp in two, three weeks' time and have another one of these purple patches where he scores a few goals. And and he may well then pull up with a hamstring and get injured again. You know what? If he fires us into fourth, then maybe he can sign a new contract and just sit on the bench next season. It feels like he's kind of waiting to see if he gets gets better offers, Um, you know, kind of if someone's going to offer him more playing time. And there is kind of rumours of Atletico interest, and I think maybe that, that could be something that could be of interest to him. So we'll see how that one pans out. But I'd like him to move on. Um, I mean, As much as we love him, huh? we, we know that. It's sometimes you know when it's time to part company. I think it's the, what his legacy needs is to go before he... Gets Thanks. the ire and hatred that yeah. Henderson's getting. Yeah, I I would agree with you on that one, guys. Is there anything that you kind of want to discuss from the game? Because like it was just a big, massive shit sandwich of nothing. Let's um, go on. Can we talk about Henderson? Uh, you know, preventing a, a clear goal. <laughs> that, that summed up our season. That's what I was talking about. It was so bad. I was like, that is the highlight of Liverpool season. Oh, my God. Nice. I think Guy Drinkle tweeted, nice of him to put in a defensive shift. <laughs> or did Trent aim for his head? Because he hit that so sweetly in Henderson's face. Was he aiming for him? Oh, look at the conspiracy theories are out. What do you think, guys? Get out of my fucking way, Captain. Oh, I've smashed you in the face, I told you. I mean, we can't defend, you know, against opposition set plays of late, but we can defend against our own set plays because I think Matip blocked um, one of our free kicks that looked to be going on target in uh, the past couple of weeks as well. I forget who was it against, but I remember it standing out. So, you know, if we can somehow turn that defending our own set plays onto defending opposition set plays, maybe we'll be picking up some results because we're conceding a lot of of set play goals. I'll take that all day long considering how woeful we have been on set pieces. Yeah, I think that was probably the highlight of of the game in, in, in a funny kind of way. I mean, Steve, anything from you? Uh, 
there was a comedy moment where between Ali and Trent they tried to give they tried to help Palace score in the first fifteen minutes, wasn't there? Mm. Just, just, just but nothing apart from apart from Trent blasting his captain in the face. I didn't have anything particularly good. I mentioned the really good uh, the couple of things Elliot did, but that was it really. I like Matip's ball across goal to um, Jota and he kind of just whacks it um, against the woodwork. If he was like a little bit further back, um, I think that would have been a yeah. goal. I thought Jota was a bit of a bright spot um, at the early start of the game. Yeah, there was one where um, Harvey swings across in from the far right and Robbo tries to head it across towards, yeah. I can't remember, in the middle, but Robbo's, Robbo's header across goal kind of summed up Robbo's crossing and passing of, of late. Like, yeah. Unless Costas is injured, I just don't understand how Robert played that whole game. He wasn't very good today. No, he wasn't good today. I have to agree with you. I I think he was below par. Guys, um, I'm I'm done with this game, and I don't want to torture you or myself anymore. Um, the next one's against Wolves. I mean, how do you see that one going? I mean, just briefly. I mean, I'll come to you, Carl. I mean, they beat us three 0 last time out. Yeah, and they've they've looked lively of late. Um, yeah, they got a point against Fulham, which is quite hard at their ground, in my opinion. You know, they have fought no. out for a point. Yeah, no, they're 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 playing well at the moment. I think they did some good business in in January. They got some good players there, and they're 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 getting a lot out of them, which is uh, more than you can say for us. I mean, hopefully we we see some changes. Hopefully Nunes is back. Um, hopefully yeah. Jada's that. That bit sharper. I'd, I'd you know, I w- I'd love to see a, a Jada Nunez Salah front three. Potentially, I think maybe Gakpo's due a, a rest at this point. Um, he kind of faded in the the second half today. Um, and obviously we want to see uh, Pachetic back into to midfield. So at least there's some legs in there. And maybe maybe Kanate could be uh, finally yeah. ready to start. And as I said, him and him and Virgil have that 100% record so far this season. So uh, fingers crossed there. So hopefully we see some changes and, and we see hopefully we see some effort a, a bit more effort you know and a desire to win you know hopefully the the Anfield crowd get get behind them and and that pushes them on because we we really need it I mean it, it's starting to look like top four might I think we needed three points today but we're still in with a shout and as long as we're still in with a shout we have to we have to fight for every every point so hopefully we just see more effort Absolutely. I, I really, really hope that, you know, that happens as well. And, you know, speaking of Gakpo in the second half, you know, that, sh- that you know, Salah, when he sort of plays in the ball, he tries dinking it over the keeper and obviously it goes wide and, oh, you know, like just little moments like that. And, you know, the guy has got two goals in two games in the Premier League and hopefully, hopefully a rest will do him a world of good. And I completely forgot about the crazy get Nunes. Not really. How could you forget him in this game? It was screaming for him and his craziness. So, yeah, hopefully Nunes should be back as well for Wolves. Steve, what about you? I mean, any any thoughts on the next game? Because it's a game in hand. We have to do something. No, I think my only thought really is, do we think that Cater's going to be the scapegoat like he was against Madrid a couple of years ago? And is that possibly the last time we're going to see him in a red shirt? I think it is. I mean, like, I just I went onto social media real quick. And I think the Liverpool Echo have done their player ratings. Ooh, disastrous showing. And they've kind of put a picture of Naby Keita and kind of highlighted Naby Keita. And I heard Jamie Redknapp saying that that game summarised his career at Liverpool. That was the analysis at halftime in Sky Sports. 
Yeah, but Jamie Redknapp can't remember what he did this morning. I can't, don't, don't take this, my, this, this is true, but, but, but if the media are speaking mm. like this about him... Yeah, I, I wonder, it's the last time we've seen... It's the last time we've seen uh, Cater, and I wonder how many more times we're going to see Gomez after he got so obliterated this week. It's my only thoughts. So whatever we do against Wolves, I'd even give... Honestly, Matip... And Gomez have been so bad. I'd even rather see Nat Phillips given a game. I'm not a Nat Phillips fan. I'd rather see T- Simakas come in. Um, as you've alluded to, maybe give a couple of the kids a chance. Like, put, put, if you're not going to play Carvalho, put Ben Doak on the bench. Give him 10 minutes. Let him run around. Don't give him too long because we don't want to break him. But give him yeah. a few minutes and, you know, get the fans have to give something to cheer about. But let's not roll up to Wolves with that again. That was just utterly soul-destroyingly a waste of my life it was it really was uh, you know completely you know what a horrible way to spend your saturday evening but guys we have come to the end of the show i want to give a massive shout out to sandeep and chris for calling in we really appreciate your questions a massive thank you to both steve and carl before i let them go i'll just get their plugs steve where can people find you on social media and is there anything you'd like to plug just hanging around on Discord. That's the only way I play on these days. And uh, uh, no, though Harry Welsh, he's promised me we're doing a podcast soon, so I'm gonna I'm gonna catch him off guard by mentioning that now. But apart from that, nothing to plug apart from more Nina Chaos show if we ever win a game again. Please win a game and please get in contact with the Harry Welsh and we want you more on, on more podcasts. Um get on Discord because you can you you'll find Steve on there. He doesn't do the Twitter. I don't blame him. It is a bit of a toxic place at the moment. Can't lie. Carl, I'm going to come to you. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Where can people find you on social media? And is there anything you'd like to plug? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at KMacOfTheCop. Um, as for plugs, nothing at the moment, but hopefully um, myself and Steve here can get Mr. Drinkle and, and we can get um, a, a one-up recorded sometime soon because it's it's been far too long. Um, so uh, keep, keep your keep your eyes out for that. Well, whilst you're here, what one game would you recommend to take the edge of things for Liverpool fans at the moment? If you could just give one, like one recommendation. I mean, I'm hearing good things about uh, that that uh, the Harry Potter game and the Hogwarts Legacy late, mm-hmm. lately. I know I know Umar is often championing it in uh, Discord, how he's uh, you know playing it after games to to forget. So if it's working for Umar, maybe it'll work for you too. I know my wife's enjoying it. So there you go, two positive raving reviews there. So go and check out the Harry Potter game. And for my part. Dude, oh, um, uh, Lisa Marie there, third person saying that her kids absolutely love it as well. They've been glued to it for the last week. Look at us, we turned to a gaming podcast because Liverpool is so fucking shit. Um, there you go. But guys, um, I did have, I do have a Euro incision with myself and Guy Drinkle. Do check that out. Hopefully there should be another one-up podcast for the gaming side of things on Anfield Index. I will be back post-Wolves. Hopefully I'm in a better mood and it's an actual game of football that we're talking about and a win and three points. But guys, thank you so much for listening. Take care. Till next time, up the Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. 
The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.